Well, we are in our week five of a series that we are simply calling 40 Days with Jesus. And the reason why we're calling it 40 Days with Jesus is because um, Jesus took 40 days on this earth to hang around with us a little bit longer. You ever had uh, relatives who um, just stayed a little bit longer than they should have, (laughs) right? You're like, okay, we're done. We're done, right? Uh, of course, Jesus stayed as long as he wanted to, and rather than going up to be with his heavenly Father after 33 years of, of his own assignment, like a soldier has on this earth, on his own assignment sent by God the Father, um, instead of going straight home, he decided, you know what, I'm going to spend 40 days here on this earth, and I'm going to help edify and build the church and get this thing started. And so, what happened during those 40 days? Who did he talk to? Why is it significant? to us is basically the reason why we're doing this. And you can actually uh, uh, take this message and take it on a personal level with your own quiet time. And if you go to lakepointerline.com uh, forward slash 40 days, the number four zero days, D-A-Y-S, you can um, download and just look at a personal devotional. It's really short to do. There's one for every day. And guess what? It lasts for 40 days. And it was started when we started the series. And you could start it anytime you want. Uh, tomorrow will be uh, this week. So week five will be posted uh, tomorrow. And so you could do that. But the other ones are already there posted. And we encourage you uh, to do that. And, and throughout this week, we've looked at various scenes or encounters with Jesus. Week one, we looked at Mary. Magdalene, and she was the first person Jesus saw whenever he came out of the grave, whenever he was, uh, when he rose from the dead, and uh, and how that interaction happened with her, and it was a life-transforming encounter. Week two was an eye-opening journey, because it was with two disciples on their walk to from Jerusalem to the village of Emmaus, and um, with this walk, their eyes were blurred. They had blurred vision. They couldn't tell that it was Christ, because of uh, their own distractions in their life. And, um, and so what Jesus did, he opened their eyes with the word, with the scripture, and with fellowship. And um, and so we can take a lot from there. And obviously you can watch all of these sermons on our website. Week three, we talked about how things happen, things change when Jesus enters the room. When Jesus enters the room, things should happen, things change. We are changed. We should be changed when Jesus enters the room. And when after we are changed, then we can go and change the world. Oftentimes, we get this backwards. We try to change the world in our own strength without being changed by Christ. And what we've got to do is we've got to invite Jesus into the room of our lives, our daily lives lives, our schedule, and invite Jesus into the room of our hearts, the inner chambers of our hearts. And so with that, um, we should uh, come expecting to be changed. Last week, we talked about how to overcome failures. The disciple, Peter, had a major fail, one of the closest disciples, and Jesus even called him the, the rock based upon his revelation of who Christ is. And Jesus told him, even said, look, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter said, I'll never do that. And though he did, Jesus called it out and Peter denied Christ three times. Major fail. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? 
knowing that you have failed Christ, you've turned your back on somebody, a really, really good friend, a, a, the Savior of the world, someone that you even said that you are the Son of God. What do you do with that failure? Well, Jesus showed us, and you can watch that sermon and listen to it online. There's a lot that we can learn from overcoming failure because we all have in this room or watching online, have failed at some point in our life. So today's message, week five, and I got one more week. We'll close it out next week. But today's message is called Made for a Mission. Made for a Mission. On this Memorial Day weekend, we are honoring and remembering soldiers who gave their all. What? For a mission. We're also honoring uh, graduating seniors who are at the beginning of the journey to find and complete what? Their mission in life. It is perhaps not surprising that this subject of mission was central to Jesus' interaction with his disciples. One such instance took place, and probably the biggest instance took place, as he appeared to his disciples on the mountain of Galilee, in Galilee, here in what is known as the Great Commission. So I'm, I'm going to be in a few passages today, but our main passage of Scripture is in Matthew chapter 28. If you want to keep your, get your copy of God's Word, your written copy or your digital copy, or we have it on the screen, it doesn't matter. But we're going to be in Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to be in verse 18 through 20. And you have probably have, have heard um, of this verse. Some of you may have read it several times. Some of you may have uh, heard it from others. Um, but it is the call, the mission for the body of Christ. And right here in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, it says this. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of His Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So I want to highlight three aspects of this life mission that we see here in this passage that Jesus gives us. First of all, we see, number one, we see the source of our mission. We see the source of our mission which is Jesus. Jesus Christ is the source of our mission. The problem that we often have when it comes to discovering our life purpose, our life mission, is we often go to the wrong source. Graduates, don't go to the wrong source when trying to figure out your purpose, your mission, and your life. You want to go to Christ. We may look at others and, and try to copy them. Try to copy what they do or, or look at society and try to live up to its expectations or even to look into deep within ourselves to find out what our, what our ultimate goal or ultimate mission is. But if we are to find our true life mission in this world, if we are to discover the ultimate reason for which we are created, we have to go to the creator himself. And that's going to look different for everyone. We don't have to copy and paste what other people are doing. Well, that looks good. They're really having a good time with that or they're really fulfilling their purpose. Maybe I should do that. Every person is different. Just like graduates. Graduates are going to different uh, areas in life. Some go to the military. Some go to college. Some go to trade school. Some take a year break. Some go right into the workforce. Some are just like, hey, I'm just going to try to figure this out a little bit at a time. We have of all the six kids, 
I think we have, we've, we've had some that, that have done several of those and are still doing that. But every person, every graduate is going to have a different path that fits them and that place in their heart that God has put in their heart. And their, whatever they choose is something that's, that's based upon them and it's not wrong, right? Unless they're doing, you know, bad things or evil things, okay? But just the fact that they choose to go to trade school or, or college or go into the military or go straight to the workforce, it doesn't matter because God is guiding their pathway. And so just like that, we should have a, we have a mission in, that God has given to us right there in Matthew chapter 28. And in that mission, we have different ways of accomplishing that mission. You know, we see in this passage, the thing that jumps out to me is the authority of Jesus. He says that in all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So first of all, his authority is, is given by God. Given by God the Father, the creator of all things. No other person who has walked on this planet has been given that kind of authority. None. And there never will be. That has been given by God himself. The second thing we, do, we see in this authority, in this passage, is that uh, this authority is the extent of, it's universal. It's in heaven and on earth. It's everything, all creation. What's heaven? Well, go out the night sky and look, that's heaven, as far as you can see and beyond. So Jesus is saying, of all creation, my authority spans all of that. It's by the authority. So when Jesus says, look, I want you to go change the world. I want you to live your life, live your mission. I'm going to give you authority. And he breathes that authority into us. That authority is something that you have got to take with you. If you are a follower of Christ, if you have surrendered your life to Christ and asked him to be Lord of your life, you have him inside of you. And you have the authority of God to go and to change the world. Don't forget that. You have been given authority. But it's like a soldier. If a soldier is posted at a spot and he tells people, you cannot enter here, that's not by just his authority. That's by the authority of what? The United States of America. The president of the United States has given that soldier the authority through different rankings, of course, given that soldier the authority to say, no, you can't enter here. You have that authority coming from God, coming from Christ. Graduates, whether you go to college or trade school or, or training, you're going to receive some sort of certificate, some sort of diploma or whatever, something that says you have the authority to do this. You have the authority to do this. I can't walk into, I can't walk into an operating room and start operating on people. First of all, I would pass out. Okay, with the blood, okay? But I cannot do that because I don't have the authority to do that. I've not received the training. You're going to receive the authority for that. So just like soldier has authority, a graduate has authority, be given authority by a higher power, by a higher organization, by a higher being, you and I as believers, we have been given the authority by God. Jesus said, through, through his authority, you do that through me, and I'm commissioning you. This is your mission, and that authority has been given by 
me. So we have the source of our mission in this passage, and then we have the goal of our mission. When we come to Christ, our lives are transformed. But more than that, our life, is, it, it, our life purpose is to live beyond ourselves and to help see other people's lives transformed. So it's not just all about us. If we are truly a followers of Christ, that transformation that we have in our own life, we want to see others have. We want to share that. We want to spread that to others and see life transformation. This past week, one of our kids... And at the church, I was able to lead her with her mom and dad in, in the room at our house. I was able to lead her to Christ, to accept Christ as Savior. Um, uh, our our uh, children's director uh, for our older kids, Shanna Smith, has been, uh, has been teaching uh, this young girl and, and many other children. And, and kids are just coming to Christ. And, and, and the reason why is because God is opening their eyes and he's knocking on the door of our hearts. We've had other children recently uh, receive Christ and be baptized as well. And so the reason why we do that is because there is life transformation that can happen. Now for that little girl, there probably has been a whole lot of bad things she's done in her life, how old she is. I got, eight, I got saved at the age of six. Wasn't a whole lot of bad things. I, I did it before the age of six. But I do know this. My life was transformed. And I can go back to that time. And that little girl can go back to that moment when she was in her living room and she prayed to receive Christ as Savior. And so we want that from everybody. That is our goal. That is our mission. And he, he lays this out. Therefore, go and make disciples to our nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So we have three things that Jesus is telling us to do. Go, baptize, and teach. Go, baptize, and teach. Those are the three action words he wants us to do. That is our mission. That is the thing. This is the last thing Jesus said on this earth before leaving this earth and going up to heaven. That's the last thing he said. Imagine, imagine as a soldier is, is, is passing away and he says some things and, and, and he says, tell my wife and my kids I, I, I love them. And there's many, many stories where that happens and, and the soldier that was with them and, and carries that message to, that, to his wife and his kids. And that message is so important. It's the last thing that person said on this earth. It's important. This is just as important. Now Jesus is alive and he ascended into heaven and he still lives. But this is so important. This is the last thing he's telling us as believers. Go, baptize, and teach. What does go mean? Well, what does go look like? To me, it means three different things. It means in our works, in our words, and our wonders. And the wonders that God will do. And in, in our works, our wonders, uh, words, and our wonders. All, the, all W's, of course, a pastor's got to do that, right? So what does that look like with works? Works that include through our lifestyle change, through our actively search, uh, serving others in the name of Jesus, with the, with the love of Jesus. Um, earlier in the gospel, Matthew records a famous Sermon on the Mount. One of the remar remarkable statements by Jesus is found in, in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. It says this, You are the light of the world. A town built on a, on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put on its stand and it gives light to everyone <clears throat> in the house. 
In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. God said, said this, Jesus said it actually, that we are a light on a hill. How can we be a light on a hill? The way we treat others, our acts of service, how we are kind, how we help people. The joy that we have inside of us. We should be walking with so much joy. And, and I know things can get frustrating. I get frustrated myself. I get mad in traffic. Ask my wife. Just all the stupid people driving on the world on, in, in the world. I'm like, please get out of my way. <laughs> but we should have joy of, of the Lord just overflowing. And that should be contagious. People should see that and say, hmm, there's something that's different about you. There's something that is different about you. I want what you have. I want what you have. And that is how we show with our works, whether this be through a consistent lifestyle of integrity, authenticity, authenticity and enjoy, or acts of kindness, it doesn't matter. People will see that through our works. But it must not stop there. You know, we can preach the gospel without words through our works, but we can't stop there. We, it must include words. The good news. This is hugely important. Central to our mission is a call to preach or to proclaim the good news. We have this good news. In fact, the best news ever so that we must not keep it only to ourselves, but to go and tell others. Why? Because it is only through the hearing of the good news that people can believe and be saved. So imagine if you lived your life and, and you have joy and somebody comes up to you and say, man, you're, you're just different. I, I want what you have. What is it? And you would say like, I don't know. I don't know what I have. I, I'm just happy. Now, if you truly have Jesus and Jesus living inside of you and you're walking with Christ and you're, and you're communing with him uh, on a daily basis in prayer and, and, and scripture reading, and, and I know you're going to miss some days. I miss those days as well. But as you're living this life and inviting Jesus in and, and, and you have that joy and people ask you, you're going to want to tell them the reason of the joy you have in your life. We must share words. Paul says this in Romans 10, 14 through 17. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes from hearing the message. Where does the message come from? Us. You. We have got to share that good news we have got to use words we've got to use words now it doesn't mean you've got to be up here preaching you don't have to, you don't have to preach to them it's going to look different for everybody you can use words I know that it's you know it's, it's a little bit you know threatening or, or you know you're scared to, to maybe share what Christ has done 
But just know this, God wants to use your words with your own personality. He knows the best way for you to share gospel. Some of y'all are, 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 are extroverts. Some of you, you are introverts. Some of you are loud. Some of you are quiet. Some of you like to have conversations while in a movie. Some people like to have conversations over coffee. Whatever it is, God wants to use your personality, how he has gifted you to share the gospel. It could be that you want to stand in front of your, your football team or your volleyball team, okay? Or, or in, in front of a, a mom's group that you hang around with, the other friends, and, and proclaim the gospel. That's great. Or you may be like, you know, I, I don't really want to stand in front of anybody. I just want to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody. Guess what? That's perfect. That's perfect. Use words. What kind of words? What, what words can I use? You can use your testimony. Your testimony is what Christ has done in your life. I was once this, now I'm this. Or I could be this person, but, been, but instead, because I accepted Christ, I'm not going down that road. Like some of my family members, distant relatives, some of my friends, I'm not going, I could be that person. I could have been hanging around that group, been influenced by those, those family members, but guess what? I've chosen to go another way. Why? Because of Christ. Christ being inside of my life. So we go through our works, what people see, through our words, what we say to people, and the wonders that God has given to them through prayer. There are wonders that God does shower upon us, whether it be through his provision his healing of people, his comforting, his, his clarity on, on people's life. As you talk and walk through people, guess what? People are going to have troubles in their life. And as you talk to them, you're going to be able to give them an opportunity to ask God to help provide for them, to heal them, to bring comfort, to bring clarity in the decision. And guess what? That's an opportunity for God to step in. I can't tell you how many countless conversations I've had with people. And that's exactly what God does. Because I'd go to God and say, all right, God, they're coming to me with questions. I'm going to them with answers, what answers I have. And they need this in their life. They need clarity in this decision. They need comfort and healing, whatever. So God, they, they're asking, I'm asking. So now, all right, do, let's do it. It's your turn. It's your turn. It's like Elijah standing before, standing before the prophets of Baal and building an, an altar and just pouring gallons and gallons and gallons of water on it and say, watch this, uh, fire's going to come from heaven and it's going to light this thing up. I've, I've, I've shown with my actions, I've built an altar, I've said the words, and now, okay, God, your turn. He will do it. He will do it. Why? Because he wants to reach the people that you're talking to. He wants to reach the people that he's put in your life. Why do you think they're in your life? Why do you think that you're talking to them? Because God wants to show wonders to their life. It could be big. It could be small. It's a wonder. It's their own miracle. So that's how we go. Our works, our words, and the wonders that God will do in their life. So... Our mission is to, first of all, go, and then 
Second of all, baptize. We need to baptize. We need to point people to baptism. Baptism is a way after they receive Christ where they tell others. He said that. Go. Baptize. Teach. Now, you can baptize if you want. It didn't take a special person. Now, it we need to be a believer baptizing them. Someone who believes in that, obviously. But we, we've even uh, uh, allowed fathers who want to wish to baptize their children. That's fine. Okay? Or uh, another person in their life who's a believer. Um, but just know this. You want to point them to baptism. And again, baptism is just an outward sign of an inward change. I've used this a lot. This is my wedding ring. It's off my finger. Am I still married? Yes. Because a woman has my heart. This is just a sign of an inward change in my love, my devotion for someone. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward change that you love Christ, that you fall in love with him. That's all that is, okay? And so it's important for them to go back to that because when, when tough times happen in their life, they're going to want to look back and say, did, did I really receive Christ? Yes, I did. Because I stood in front of people and I was baptized and I remember that moment. It's a tangible moment. Like this ring is a tangible, physical thing on my finger. It reminds me that I've given my heart to someone. Baptism is a way, it's a reminder that we have given our heart to Christ. So point them to baptism. By the way, we're going to have a baptism service on July 10th. July 10th on Sunday evening. We're going to have a, a ceremony, a dedication ceremony for our ministry center. And we're going to have a baptism service. And we've already got kids and people lined up to be baptized. If you want to be baptized, we would love for you to help with that and to be a part of that. So let us know. You go to lakepointonline.com forward slash new life and it'll give you a form. That's not an infomercial. Sorry. That's just a way that you can get plugged in. So it's an opportunity for you to be baptized or you to show others baptism. And then the third thing he teaches is, is to teach. He shows us to teach. Teach people everything I've commanded you. Teach them about everything I've commanded you. Now, it doesn't mean that you, you have to become a scholar. Okay? I, I'll tell you right now, I don't have a master's degree in seminary. I don't. I just have a, I just have a bachelor's degree in music. Right? And I'm preaching the gospel. So, I mean, you, you just need Jesus in your life. And as he teaches you, and as you open up God's word, and as he shows you some things, you can go to them and say, hey, here's, what something, here's something that God is teaching me. Now, there'll be other people who can take them a little bit further. That's fine. It doesn't matter. But just share what Christ has been teaching you and share it with others. Send them a text. Hey, this verse, this verse is on my heart and my life. Just read this. Or share with them a devotional. Teach them. Teach them that. And so in this passage, our mission, we have the source of the mission. We have the goal of the mission. The source of the mission is Jesus. The goal of the mission is to go and to baptize and to teach. And finally, we come into the third and final thing, which is the power behind the mission. The power behind the mission. We have the source of the mission, Jesus, the goal of the mission, and then the power behind his mission. What is the power? You ready? 
It's his presence. It's his presence. The power behind the mission is the fact that he lives within us. If you have accepted Christ as Savior, if you have invited him into your heart, and you've opened up your heart's door, then Jesus and the Holy Spirit will come live inside of your life. He will not leave you or forsake you. In spite of social networking and modern communication, uh, communications, many people still feel very lonely today. In fact, loneliness is a very, it's, it's really at epidemic proportions. People are very lonely, especially in our middle school and high school students here in Bartow County and beyond. We need to never, ever feel alone. One of the themes in, in, in the book of Matthew's gospel is the presence of God with us through Christ. So in the first chapter of Matthew, Jesus is revealed as Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel means God with us. He is with you. So he starts off the, his gospel, Matthew, with God with us. And in the very last verse of the entire gospel, which we've read today, we have this promise of Christ's abiding presence. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I'm with you. You don't have to be alone. You're not doing this by yourself. The commission to go and make disciples and to, and, and to baptize and to, and to preach and to teach is, is not something God's like, all right, go. All right, good luck. You know, it, it's not the same way that my dad taught me how to swim. Here, son. <laughs> Good luck. Now, he was there before I drowned, but that's how he taught me to swim. You know, I, I taught my kids a little differently than that. Um, I was there as a father, like, okay, let's walk through this together, you know. But God will not just throw you in the pool and walk away, He's a good, good father. And he is going to be someone who is there with you. He is there with you in the whole process. When you're talking to someone, do you know when I, whenever, I, before I talk to people about Christ or even this little girl uh, in our church, when I go to, uh, talk to her about Jesus, you know what I did? I pulled up to the driveway of the house, pulled, turned off my car, and I said a prayer. God, I know you're right here with me. You're inside of me. Give me the words to say, because every person is different, Right? You approach it differently. Lord, just give me the words to say. Be with me. And guess what? He was with me. He was with me. And I could tell he was with that little girl. Absolutely. And her parents. And so Jesus is not going to say, go change the world. Good luck. And I'm go to heaven and any he parties and he, he's in retirement, right? No. He is with you. He is with you. God with us. And guess what? God in us. Started off the book of Matthew, God with us. He is with us, walking on this earth, but now he is God inside of us because of the Holy Spirit. That is the power of our mission. For soldiers, it's guns, you know, and it's, and it's uh, ammo, right? And it's airplanes for their mission. For graduates, it's, it's you know, all-nighters. <laughs> you know, it's drinking Coke all night, you know, and trying to stay up and drink, drinking coffee. You know, that's the power of their mission, right? Maybe some friends alongside them. But with, with the mission that we have to, 
to, to point people to Christ. The power behind that is the Holy Spirit. Surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. We see this in John 16, 7. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, uh, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus is saying, look, I'd love to, send, I'd love to spend more time with you, more than 40 days. But guess what? I'm going to go and I'm going to send a big friend. And that friend is going to guide you. And that friend is the Holy Spirit. By the way, it just happens to be the third person of the Trinity. God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. You have, you have the Wi-Fi of Christ inside of you. You do. You have the connection. And it's never down. And there's never, it's not dial-up, right? You know, whatever that sound was. It's not that at all. It's, it's literally beyond broadband. I mean, it's direct connection. You have the Wi-Fi of God inside of you. We see this in John 14, 16 through 18. And I will ask the Father, and he will uh, give to you another advocate, Holy Spirit, to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives within you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus is saying, look, I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna reject you. I'm not gonna leave you as an orphan. We have kids in our family who knows what that feels like, left behind. God is not gonna leave you behind. Jesus is not gonna leave you. He is with you. But in order for that to happen, He's got to be living inside of you. He's not gonna be the one to break down your door. He's going to be the one to knock on your door. There's a difference. Could it be that he has knocked on the door of your heart and you have never opened it? Could it be that he's knocked on the door of your heart and you've never opened it? He's not going to open it. There's not a doorknob on his side. There's a doorknob on your side. You open your heart's door. He's going to come in. He's going to fill you with his presence. You're not going to know everything immediately. No, I don't. I've been Christian a long time. But the Spirit of God will be inside you. But that is your choice. That is your choice. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just feel like I just need to give everyone here in this room are, are watching live or maybe you're watching later um, an opportunity to accept Christ as Savior. And you can have this, um, you can give this opportunity, you can have this opportunity simply by inviting him to be Lord and Savior of your life. Now, I know that there are many different types of people in this room and watching online, you come from lots of different backgrounds. You know, maybe you've, 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 you've seen people be uh, sort of so-called Christians, not really acting like Christians, and, and they're fake Christians, and, and they're out there. <laughs> I, I know some of them. I'm friends with some of them. And I'm like, dude, you got to start living for Christ. And, 
And, and I'm sorry that you have, you have seen that in an example in others. I hope that it is never in me that you've seen that. And, and I know that there are people here, maybe, maybe, maybe you used to go to church, maybe you've been hurt by the church. Guess what? I've been hurt by the church. I've been hurt by the church I planted. I know that. But guess what? I'm called here. And God is, God is living inside me and he's doing a great work in our church. He's doing a great new work in our church and in our midst. And so you may have been hurt by the church. I know what you're going through. But guess what? God still wants you to surrender your heart to him, to surrender your life to him. So there may be people here today, you may have done that as a child. You may have done that at some portion of your life. And you're like, you know, I've strayed away from him. I need to recommit my life to him. I need to recommit my life to him. I need to reopen the door because I've, I've locked that door. I need to restart that. And if that is you, you just simply say, God, I'm yours. I'm yours. Please forgive me. Please forgive me for doubting you. Please forgive me for, forgive me for thinking you are like those people who aren't living for you, who are fake, or maybe those people who've hurt me in the past or, or whatever. Forgive me for thinking that is you because that is not you at all. So I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back home. I'm coming back to you. Like a soldier comes back home, like a graduate comes back home, I'm coming back home to you. Accept me. And you could be here today. Maybe you've never prayed a prayer like that as a child or any time in your life. It could be this first time that you just want to say, all right, I surrender. I surrender. I get it. I get it. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I don't, I don't really know or fully understand everything. That's okay. But all it takes is just a childlike faith of believing that Jesus came and he's God's son. He died for you and he, and he took your sins away from you. So that one day you, when you die, and we all will, you can go to heaven to be with him. And that paid, that, that price has been paid for your sin. So you don't have to experience eternal death and hell separated from God and from your loved ones. You can go to heaven because guess what everyone in this room will die some of you maybe even could be very soon hope not but only God knows but just know this God wants you to be in heaven just like I told that little girl this week God wants you to be in heaven and that just takes surrendering your life to Jesus so it's just simple you can just say a prayer like this God please forgive me my sins I'm sorry for trying to do it my own way. Please come into my life. Be Lord of my life. I give it all to you. I give it all to you. I've decided to follow Jesus. Father, as we come before you, let us make that decision every day of our lives to follow you. Thank you, new Lord. Thank you, Father, for giving us these important last words of your life. 
here on earth. And we will do that. We will go spread the word. We will share the gospel, your gospel of Jesus. You are the source of our mission, Jesus. And our goal of the mission is for lives to be transformed. And the power of the mission is the Holy Spirit living with inside of us. Wake us up, Holy Spirit. Wake us up not to be just so distracted with our own things in this world. But to understand that there are people dying and going to hell all around us. We have got to be woken up to those around us. Let us not waver in that. Let us share the good news. We will do that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, I hope this message has inspired you, challenged you, stepped on your toes, whatever. I'm just a messenger. That's all I am. I didn't come up with this. God did. But, um, but know this. We love you. We're here with you. And if you need somebody to talk to, we're here for you. Don't forget, July 10th, put that on your calendar. Um, and um, it's going to be a great time, Sunday night. Uh, be in prayer for all the ladies going to retreat. Be in prayer for them this week. Ladies, we pray that God just gives you a fresh breath of his spirit. And, uh, and you, you, uh, you connect with one another. You don't want to miss next week. We're going to close it out next Sunday. Uh, this series and starting tomorrow go ahead and log into that lakepointonline.com forward slash 40 days get your devotional love you guys we'll see y'all next week thank y'all